Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Welcome to a new episode of the Mo Show podcast. Season 3, episode 72 with Mr. Mish'al At-Tamr, who for some reason, when I look at him with the way he is put together, I can't help, as he sips his coffee mug, I can't help but think he is the Justin Bieber of the region that we never had, <laughs> or Harry Styles. He's not going to like that. He's going to be like, Mo, cut it. Thanks for coming on the show, Mish. Really appreciate your time, my brother. Thank you, Mo. I'm really humbled. And dude, thank you, honestly, man. So it's a big honor. It's a huge honor to be here. Yeah, I, I, I tend to say this from episode to another, that it is people like you within our country who I enjoy having on because I get to exhibit and flex how diverse we are as a culture, as a community, as a country, that, uh, yeah, you know, we have a pop star. And if I'm not mistaken, I don't think we've had one before you. We're going to get into how you got into the music business, uh, why you got into it, and all that. But just before we do that, I just want to say that I'm always proud of the, the person to do the first. Rahal was the first to climb Everest. You're the first person to say, you know what? I'm going to be the first pop star in Saudi Arabia. I don't know if you said that or not, but I'm going to say it on your behalf <laughs> because you're definitely heading in that trajectory. Did you, no. did, you, did you ever have that conversation with yourself? I think it was more of a realization than a conversation. Okay. When I, and I still never go into the studio thinking I'm going to make a pop song. I just go in thinking, I'm going to try to express what it is I'm feeling. And maybe when I leave the studio, I'll leave feeling a little bit better than I did coming in. That's all it ever was. Even like, I'll tell you when I first, can I tell you how it happened? Like, I, want to, I want you to tell me everything. <laughs> okay, I'll, like, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I mean, we, it's, it's, record, it's recording and it's like we can exactly. cut it and stuff, so j I'll just, just, I'll just so, go for it. Just so you know, brother brother Hassan Alirida was here for three hours. Nice. We went until 2 a.m. Nice, okay. So I have as long as you can give me. When I was nine, I broke my arm. Really bad. You can see it. Really bad. 32 just stitches. Put it up again. Oh my goodness, yeah. yeah. You can see it. Oh, on both sides. Both sides, yeah. The arm completely came out and everything. It was it was a total mess. And I was going to get... Uh, it was it. That was going to be it for my arm. And alhamdulillah, just there was a doctor at that time who happened to be there and happened to know what to do to fix this. Surgery also was a risk, big risk, because of what I was eating that day and stuff. It was a birthday party. And we went with it, and the guy saved my arm. The doctor saved my arm, and but my fingers were, my fingers still are. I have nerve damage on my left arm, so till today, till today. So my hand, my left hand. If I do this, if, if you do this and you, like this, and I try to do this one, it will never go as fast as my. It was. It starts to slow down, and it just like. Doesn't work as well. Sometimes it holds things weirdly. And but 14 years later. 14 years later, because of this doctor, he played guitar. Mm. My teacher at the time went to Jidl Khasa. Mm. This is when I was nine. And 
I remember I was always into music and stuff, but and I would sing because when I was when I was a little kid, maybe like five or six, there was um, I was walking with my parents, and there was and I was just singing, and a teacher stopped us. And the teacher will stop my parents and, and told them, oh, your kid is singing like perfectly. And I've never done lessons, never done. Still now I have to actually before the show to not like lose my voice and stuff. But before, you know, it was never like that. So these melodies, man, listen to any old Arab song. You don't find the same sophistication in Western music. In terms of melodic sophistication, no. Melodic complexity with beauty or simplicity with beauty, done right, done with taste. This is our thing. Why have we suppressed it? And why are we not getting credit for it? You know, in all of the Middle East, there's no publishing. How crazy is that? It's a wild west. You can steal a song and, it's, and you'll get away with it. And people have all the time. It's sad and it's wrong. Copyright issues. Yeah, not just that. Mafi copyright. <laughs> wow. Mafi publishing for the copyright. You get, they get away with it all the time. It's, I think... And big artists, is too. It st- is it still amateur hour as far as music is concerned? We have no touring yet, for example. Like, look at... Yeah, look at Saudi. We ha- we've got no touring. Touring in, in the Middle East also is a very Wild West kind of thing. You go venue to venue. There's no lines to go through. It's not like... It's just, it's just not there yet. Let's say it's not a career that if your son said or daughter said that I would like to pursue a career in this, you as a father in modern day Saudi Arabia or in the region would say, yes, great idea. A you would horrible make, idea. You man. would make a good living there. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible We're idea. We're not there yet. But by the same token, UK, US, Japan, South Korea now. South Korea is one of my biggest listeners. Is no way yeah. of, of, your, of your music. Yeah. Huh? One of my top cities is Seoul. How about that? You, you never know. But they're huge on pop. It's not my generation, but yeah. BTS and God knows how many oh, other dude, I bands. I love K-pop. I mean, they're, they're, <laughs> yeah. They are huge. Pop is a huge genre in uh, in South Korea today. Um, and 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 they, they're, they're not storied. They just came into the game, didn't they? Well, no. K-pop was, was around for a while. And at first, within its country it was like even frowned upon. And it came, I think, around the 1940s okay. when it first started to appear. Around this, and they, they had these, uh, I remember there was, a tri- there was a trio of these girls, man. I mean, we're talking about K-pop now, but like, it's it's kind of reminiscent as to what's happening here now in Saudi Arabia. Because... In its growth? It's in its growth, yeah, because Right now, what they're doing with S-pop and A-pop, I think they've got to keep going with that whole thing because you can have so much potential, so many artists come out of that, and you never know the reach that they can get. Mm. But with K-pop, it's like anything, I think. It's bubbling, 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 bubbling until one day it just explodes, and it exploded with BTS. And that's now the the face of South Korean pop. Yeah. Okay. Um, I want to take a few steps back. So... We can. Oh yeah, the arm. Me, me as well. Like I'd like to get a chance to know you, and I'm sure a lot of people who don't know you would like to get a chance yeah, to know you. Sure. Um, one of the first notes I have here, based on our conversation, is is your incredible story um, and, uh, and an unfortunate one where you had was it 32 stitches? 
uh, yeah, 32 stitches. If, are you okay speaking about it? I would actually, uh, can I tell you the full story? This is why you're here. Okay. That day when I woke up from the surgery, the doctor came to me and told me that I may never use my left hand properly ever again. But there's something you can do about it to make it the best it can be or the least bad. Gave me a guitar, his guitar. Never touched one before then. At the school that I went to, they did not like it. He taught me two chords. Couldn't even put my fingers on the chords. He taught me E minor and C major. And then this is all you need really to write a song is two chords. But dude, I couldn't play at all. And I would get, I used to get so frustrated trying to learn covers and stuff. And I practiced every day. My fingers would bleed and stuff. And I'll just keep going. My brothers would uh, get annoyed by me. I would try to sing and then they'd be like, oh my God, your voice is horrible. And to be fair, my voice was pretty horrible at that time. I think, honestly, I still get insecure about it now. But he just... Playing guitar saved my arm, but it also gave me something that I never had before. I was able to express my feelings. I used to get bullied in school. My mom is uh, Ecuadorian, صح? so I was always nos nos, <laughs> like a lot of people that are, you know, not fully Saudi. And but dude, we're from the Hijaz. Like almost everyone here is nos nos in that case. You look, know, look at me. Bizarre, <laughs> blue eyes, man, <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> but like. I feel you, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then I would, uh, when I would go to school, I'd get, it became this cycle kind of, but it, it saved my arm. I'd go to school, get bullied by teachers too. And then I'd come back home, play guitar nonstop. I would not touch the PlayStation, would not touch the TV, just go straight to the guitar because I was just in pain. And this was the only thing that could make me feel good because I can't learn how to play a cover of a song. My fingers don't work. I can't play the chords properly. My fingers don't work. What can I do with these little fingers that don't work? I can play something really simple, really small, but that feels right. And that became all I would focus on. Whatever would, I would have this hole in my chest and whatever would make that hole be filled by a melody or a piece of rhythm or anything, that would be the only thing that works. Everything else didn't. So I kept doing that from nine until I kept doing I still do it today, but 9 to 13, by the time I turned 13, I went to Jordan. I knew by then I wanted to be a musician, but no way in hell I'm telling anyone that. Even one time my mom was like, Mish, what do you think about, uh, what's it called, uh, doing like singing lessons or something? And then I told her, uh, no, what? Singing is gay. You know, like I was about... That's the thing. It was so ingrained into us that a lot of us think that way. A lot of us think, you know, you can't cry. Back then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't cry. Speak about you, your feelings. You can't sing. You can't speak about your feelings. Why do you think I would be? I would do this all day? I couldn't talk to anyone. I couldn't talk to anyone, man. I felt so alone for so long. When I went to that school, there was no music program. This was uh, King's Academy in Jordan. There was no like... Uh, I know. Yeah, it's an amazing school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So started a band there started first like a heavy metal band because i was an angsty kid 
and then went moved from that into like a kind of like indie kind of like poppy thing the complete opposite because i wanted to try something new and then i settled on jazz towards the end because i became all pretentious about music and stuff this is around the age of 17 17 and a half towards the last years of my um high school i went on a boarding school like a summer camp in uh, harvard for computer science because this was my focus this was like what uh, I was expected to do. Um, I was always good with computers. I hate computers, but I was good at them. And uh, that was uh, well, like Ababa would always talk about me in computers and stuff. Like my little brother swimming, my older brother, um, well, he, would, he was into like directing and movies and stuff at that time. But, he, he, but we were kids, right? But, uh, and he also was into um, math. I remember Farouk was really, really into math. And now he's doing finance. Martin eldest, Allah. eldest brother. Eldest yeah. brother, yeah. yeah. But dude, wait, sorry, I completely lost myself. I was doing computer science. Take, take your time. Yeah, but I mean, look, you know, you saw when I came in the room. I'm shy. I wasn't always like this. I didn't pick up on you being shy. By the way, you came into the studio, really? and two of my friends were here. <laughs> you came into a room with three pretty much 40 year olds and and you held your own and i was monitoring you because i'm in the business of monitoring people and i was like mashallah Ali, while you were talking to us three i was like mashallah mish um is your nickname mish he's uh i'd be intimidated if i walked into a room when i'm 23 and there's three 40 year olds but you were handling the conversation very very well and once or twice you said i'm shy in my mind i'm like i don't see that he is so nice. i don't see Maybe you were. That's a relief. Maybe you should give yourself a little bit more credit. That I think now I'm coming out of it. Little yeah. Little, finally. You're not what you once were. No, I'm not. And and, and I think, dude, 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 I actually wrote a song about that. <laughs> I actually wrote a song. It's called Wallahi. And the whole thing I is, yeah, is I, I Wallahi, it. I'll be all right. Yeah. And I think now I'm finally getting there. I hope. Yeah. Get it. Yeah. And a little bit. I mean, if you look, you know the Arabian Nights song? About mm-hmm. Aladdin? No, no, the Arabian Nights with a K. It's, it's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. First yeah, song yeah. I ever put. On, yes, 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 on, yes, on, yes, on. yes, yes. So that one, I was borderline anorexic at the time. I was not eating very well. I would, I had problems with my, huge problems with my self-esteem, and I wasn't. It wasn't a healthy time for me, man. Not mentally, not even physically. Getting out of that hole. And that that I think started because of the Harvard incident, man. That was the the spark. Maybe, I think it was. Well, I, th- well, I not think really, not even really, because I'll tell you what happened. I used to be so like social when I was in school, right? How else would I have started these bands? Yeah, I mean, come on. And then after that happened, I go to New York, and I would not talk to people for weeks. I couldn't. I, I came back even to high school, and I. I I would not attend anything. I would. I wouldn't leave my room. I just stayed in my room playing video games all day, playing guitar all day. Nothing else. I started like skipping classes towards the end. It's a miracle that I like managed to make it to college. Honestly, by those last years, I was horribly depressed, and I think that's what I mean by you know, no matter what it is you go through. Pain is a paralyzing poison, man. And 
music is the cure. When I was in New York, one day, and this was like after I lost two of my friends, Allah Yerhamum, to suicide. And I was not in the best place, man. I was 18, living alone. New York? In New York. I mean, I had this roommate, roommate, but he was never there. He was like a ghost. Mm. <laughs> you would see like different things in the room move around and stuff, and you'd just never see him. Typical college roommate. <laughs> yeah. We're never there. I was taking a shower one time, and I was like, I'm not going to lie, man. I was, I was not in the best state of mind, and I, and I thought there's, there are two things I can do. I can... And this was also I was we don't have to mention this in the thing, but I was I was in a long distance relationship at the time as well for four years. And um, she was um, like I was hearing things about she was like cheating on me and stuff. I, I sensed that was that, coming. That really wasn't <laughs> I mean, yeah. but that really wasn't the thing I think that did it. I think it's just and that's why. I think when it comes to depression, people, everyone asks why. But the answer is, or the truth is, there is no one thing. It's a culmination of many things over time built up. Mm -hmm. It's like, how can you build such a terrifying monster? It's not going to be done in a day. No. It's piece by piece until it's there. And then you don't even want to look at it. And so many of us are not looking at it. I looked at it that time when I was in the shower and I said, Look me right in the eye. And I want to say your name. Because if I say your name, I used to think of it kind of like how you ever watch those like old horror movies. You say the monster's name Always and then he's candy. got no power. Yeah, Candyman. Candyman, yeah. So that's what I wanted to do. If I face it, instead of running away from it or trying to hide from it, maybe then I can overcome it. Maybe then I can beat it. That's it. So, I go right out of the shower, didn't even put my pants on, put a hoodie on, turn off the lights, took my guitar. So I get out of the shower, take out the video thing, and I think, okay, here's what I'm going to do for this, Mahdi. Whatever it is that right now, that, that really, that, that was the darkness. But very simply, in a way that I can just say it without saying it. And I just wanted to get out my chest almost like it felt like going around the bush. It felt like dodging a monster's blow. I'm facing it in a way where, and I realized this only in hindsight where it could relate to others. Because what I said was, girl, how I love you. I can't love myself. Each day I wake, I wish I'm someone else. That's it. Just like... A very simple thing. I post it on the Instagram and I go to sleep. It's people start making loops of it. You didn't mention the person. That's it. That was the only line. I didn't even show my face, nothing. What was the line again? Girl, how I love you. I can't love myself. Each day I wake, I wish I'm someone else. It's super simple. And then, but people related to it. People started 
taking loops of it and stuff and they said okay why don't you make like your own song like a full song it's not just like one line so after i'm thinking okay i'll give it a go i couldn't uh go to the studio of the school because i had too much social anxiety to go there and i couldn't afford the mic because anytime i tell my parents i want to be a musician they'd be like no way you know like no you're gonna do anything you're gonna do all yourself right like no way in hell like no it's a bit la. so i was like okay what uh, can i use <laughs> i had an xbox so i had an xbox microphone I connected my xbox microphone to a focus right like the one you've got right there and um i got it working i had the guitar with me as well i didn't know how to produce at all but um i knew how to put i knew how to fix that little hole that i had inside and put it into music and that that's what I tried to do. Just it was like a one string thing, like a one string melody. And then it, I made this song called Runaway, which is actually not a lot of people know this, but that's the first song. And so is it on YouTube? You can find it. Yeah. On YouTube, Spotify, anywhere. And like the it was your, your first official first official song. I suppose I mean, it was not even I just posted it, like uploaded it from my computer. From my laptop and the song runaway is like i mean you can pull it up if you like for context mm-hmm. for the lyrics and stuff yeah and then you can see like the way people reacted was a very big surprise a lot of it i mean the song is about was about my two friends passed away yeah it was about telling them you know not is it Honestly, the things I wish I could have told them, man. And the things I'm telling myself. You want to run away, but you've got nowhere to begin. You're running out of breath, but you're not running. You're just laying in bed. The panic overflows. It bleeds out of your skin. So if you're going to run away, you got to find another way to begin. Wow. Basically saying... Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't do Rah. it. And like, and even the lines, like the pain, like all these, no- I remember there's a line in the song that goes, all these not, like, I don't see God coming down when the demons are all up in our heads. All these knots in my chest, maybe I should go to him instead. I took that beginning part as a Syrian kid because I related to, I felt I'm originally Syrian my great great grandfather yeah very hip hoppy yeah half a million views yeah. and people just started uploading <laughs> I put it first on SoundCloud and then uh, other people, this was like during 2018, 2017 kind of thing. I think 2018. And then people at that time would just find songs on SoundCloud and then like we upload them on YouTube. And that I think like helped a lot. Because <laughs> like, I like it. Yeah. I like it. It's and I had catchy. no idea the whole time. You had no idea. I had no idea. So, <clears throat> but I was building slowly this like fan base, right? Like, well, honestly, I wasn't even thinking about that. I just wanted to not feel so alone. So I made a Discord group because I would play video games a lot. Like, 
What's what, all what, I would do all day. What's a Discord group? Discord is like um, it's like a platform where you have essentially one giant group chat okay. with your friends, and you can like you can talk with them. You can you can have sections where you voice chat with them. Uh, you have like a section where you can put in you know memes and stuff, or just a general chat for everyone. And um, it was me and this other person who was like a fan of the music called Misa. She was from Germany. And uh, she taught me about Discord and how to make the whole thing. And you know, I was like 18. I think she was like 16 at the time. Yeah, I think she's, she's, yeah, she's, she thinks she's younger than me. She's either two years younger than me or two years older than me. So she's might have been either 20 or 16. I think she was 16. But I never met her in person or anything like that. She would just uh, help moderate the server and stuff. And, you know, I put it on the um, social platforms or whatever, like next to the song, being like, yo, if you're ever, if you're ever feeling like you're alone and you want to play with someone or anything, you know, <laughs> me too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, um, I started playing games with um, like World of Warcraft or Grand Theft Auto, Dark Souls. I love Dark Souls. And playing with these kids, essentially. And these would be the only people I would talk to. I would go weeks at a time. When was it, Mish, where you knew that music is going to be your your thing, your calling? Uh, so much so that you convinced your dad that you were like, you know what, this is what I want to do. Hmm. I think it was after one of the conversations that I had with with the guys that were like this dude that was called Luke who I was playing with playing Dark Souls with him and he says Mish why don't you ever go to a real studio why are you so scared staying at home all day you just make you could you have so many songs that you could just make into real songs the way you want to the way you talk about when we play and he's like because I would show them I would like talk about ideas that I have for songs and show them a guitar and stuff and then he convinced me and started looking for studios in in New York instead of the one in the school because then I would have to you know log in with the registration and stuff and like <laughs> see with the other students and like that was horrifying that was like a death sentence to me so that was no way right but what I did was I found this studio that had like a had like a room for 30 bucks an hour which is very cheap for a studio especially in New York nothing it's nothing that room was Studio B. It was a, a room the size of literally, not even this whole table, like around from here to here and a little bit thicker. So Shit. maybe like that. Tiny. It's tiny. One chair. The door wouldn't close. So you can't, the door doesn't close. But everything happens for a reason. And you couldn't fart inside because if you fart, you stunk the whole place up. So if you want to fart, you got to get outside the room. And then you can go back in. And <laughs> only one person is sitting down in the chair. The other person has to stand. <laughs> This was the room, 30 bucks an hour. I mean, look, for me- Get what you pay for. Yeah, it was for me amazing, man. I walked into the room, I saw, okay, I paid my $30 and here in front of me, imagine you're a painter and you have all these ideas for paintings in your head. You finally get a paintbrush and a canvas. You're in heaven. (laughs) I stayed in that room from 3 p.m. And I met this guy, Greg, inside. He was the engineer that, that, that they like assigned, basically. From 3 p.m. till 6 a.m. the next morning. Both of us stayed together, just making songs. By the time it was 6 a.m., 
I was thinking, how the hell am I going to afford this? <laughs> how am I, I going to pay for this? Sah? The guy goes, don't worry about it. I had such a great time. It's, it's, it's like it's on me and the manager is coming soon. The studio manager comes, this big Italian guy. Italian New Yorkers, who are you talking to me? Mafia. Don't want to mess with this dude. No, you don't. No, you don't. He comes in, it's called Big Mike. Mike G. Mike Guerrero is his name. He comes in, he asks, you know, who, who, who wrote it? Greg points at me. And you're singing it? And I nod my head. He goes, you don't have to pay for this for tonight. Wow. And then he goes, but. No, actually, even, even before he said but, he says, and you can use this room when no one is using it free of charge. This studio B, right? And I'm thinking in my head, yeah, man, no one's ever going to be using this room. <laughs> then he goes, but. It ain't in demand. <laughs> it ain't in demand, yeah. He goes, but you help me with melodies. And writing every now and then. And I let you use this room when no one's using it. The guy worked for publishing in Sony. Writing for pop artists, like DJs and stuff. He has like friends that did some K-pop songs for BTS. He's a songwriter. But he wasn't like huge or anything. Just a normal songwriter. Like there were bazillion of them in new york but this was my chance to be in that fucking room man i moved in wow i went right to my dorm that day and I, well yeah it was the morning i took all my stuff my roommate still wasn't there <laughs> packed my pillow packed my uh mat like not, not no not the mattress thing on top the big thick blanket duvet fact that i brought it with some of my clothes and stuff my shampoo and uh, I started living there. I, I would sleep. I would sleep under the table. My, in the studio? In the studio. In Studio B. I would sleep like my legs under the table and the chair, because you had to fit the chair in the room, like above my head. And the pillow I'd put in the, in the, in the corners of the chair <laughs> so that I can, you know. Your parents sleep. heard this story? Yes, they have. But like, you know, they never knew at the time. They didn't know for a good like two years about any of this. <laughs> so, not even the Instagram account. Nobody knew. And <laughs> brilliant it's brilliant yeah not my friends from home not my cousins you roughed it out no dude one. i mean this was what i needed to do this, a lot of people say oh you're such a hard worker but no it was either this or i'm stuck in the prison of my own mind this was my only chance out and if i could live in the place that gives me the opportunity yes i'm gonna live in the place that gives me the opportunity i can sleep under the table sleep on the chair i don't care i don't care this is the only thing and I didn't, I can't talk to anyone. I don't have a therapist. I can't talk to my, I never, look, I never even grew up with a grandfather to, 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 to know all, like the wisdom of a male. For, for, for me, it, and, and alhamdulillah, Baba was always working when I was a kid, right? So I'd only see him at night or on the weekends. Sah? So the male, dude, for the longest time, what it meant to be a man, the idea of it got in the, got in the way of what it means to be alive. Mm. 
so mental health and strength those two are used so wrong in so many sentences there's no such thing as weakness when it comes to mental health there is only strength because it takes strength to fight a monster and it takes bravery to look at it it's easy to pretend it's not there and then other people around you including yourself suffer the consequences even if you think you're only hurting yourself trust me you're hurting people that love you so anyone ever tell you that you have an old soul i do get that a lot yeah i mean that that last 60 seconds you wouldn't expect a 23 year old to have said those words hmm. i'm 39 and I, I i wouldn't be able to put together the words you just did by the way i guess i have a baby face so it makes up for it <laughs> <laughs> you've been through a lot huh alhamdulillah would you it's not really like my last question would you change what you've anything that you've been through is there something that you're like i wish i didn't go through that shit Sometimes I think there are things I wish I've done sooner. But I think everything happened at exactly the right time. Everything. Even with music. That door that wouldn't close in Studio B. If I, if I started going to normal studio. If I went to, to school. If I wasn't so shy. If, 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 I, if none of that stuff happened. I would have never been in that room. I would have never lived there. And because that door wouldn't close. You would have A&Rs passing by and they would always hear the music. Mm. They would have meetings in Studio A, the nice room, where you would have rappers at that time like Pop Smoke or uh, Rich the Kid and all these guys. A lot of rappers at the, at the time. And, and you would have these junior A&Rs going in for their meetings because the rappers wouldn't want to go and leave and, and meet them in their uh, place, right? At the offices. And they would pass by and they would hear the music being made and they'd be like, okay, what is this? So... The door was already kind of open. That's how they would meet me. <laughs> and the funny thing is, at the time, I had no interest in um, signing anything, doing anything like that. I was just very shy. I wanted to just keep doing this because this is the only thing I could do, yeah. right? I, start, I was like not even, like I started failing my classes even, man. Like I was not doing well at all. Because your, your heart was in music. Yeah, because, well, Yeah. Big time. Uh, I, I get it. I get it, dude. I'm, yeah. I'm with you. And <laughs> it's you're passionate about that, not that. It's not just that, dude. It felt, it really felt like. I wish that. It's. I don't think I wish I, I would have done anything differently, but I hope for the future that more people from where we're from and from our culture have the option to get help so they don't need to like dude it's crazy to live, to live in a in, 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 in like 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 that it's it's crazy for for like a year and a half i think it might have been almost two years that was because i couldn't get help mm -hmm. imagine i didn't have that Imagine I didn't break my arm and, and I couldn't tell the story and I couldn't, 
I would maybe not even be here. Yeah. I would maybe not even be here. I mean, alhamdulillah for music. And what's hilarious is it saved you. It saved me, and and that, like, it's crazy to say. It's crazy to say. It's funny. Like, I, it took a while even to like to like realize that I think because I wasn't realizing at the time at all. It just felt like the only escape. And you're out of breath when you talk about it. Like it weighs <laughs> down on you a lot. It does, man. It does because I feel for like, dude. I get messages every day, every day from the fandom. Right? They're called the Chicken Gang, right? But these kids are going through a lot, and they like somehow the music and Alhamdulillah can make can gets them out of that place in the same way that making it got out of my place for me. For them, they could relate to the songs or they would listen to it, get them out of their heads, bring them to the present moment, or at least soothe that pain. But the things they say, no kid should be going through this alone. And the option, like music is great, but there needs to be awareness for mental health in a way that, yes, this is like a, this is like a wound. Yeah. This is like, sometimes it's like an injury. In my case, PTSD. Imagine you have someone, like, as just as an example, if somebody is abused as a kid, this may not, it's not going to, you're not going to see it on their body. You're not going to see it on their face. It's invisible. Mm -hmm. The monster is invisible. Yeah. But there are things we can do about it. That's mental health. That's crazy. That's the wound that we need to heal. That's we it. go to a doctor. There's nothing wrong with that. You get you get a cut, you go to a doctor, he's going to fix it. It's not going to be a scar. What happens when you leave a cut and it, and you don't fix it and you ignore it? You say, ah, doctor, no. What are we? What are you, weak? It becomes a scar and it stays with you forever. It pops up in your life. When you start growing a little bit older, you start seeing things, the people you start getting along with, the things you start falling into. It's not just that. A lot of it is due to past experiences, these wounds that we didn't seek help for. Mm -hmm. If you were to put the non-physical, the non-physical injured people, mental, mentally, against the injured in the last 30 or 40 years, okay? I think the non-physically injured would outweigh the physically injured in terms of mental damage hmm. in terms of quality of life okay if you break your leg your quality of life will change that makes sense but but it heals <laughs> a year two eight what's the worst torn acl i mean i i watch basketball and i know that a torn acl like that's career th threatening or mcl and it, it's got an expiry date until you can actually eventually like but the mental problems that shit can go a lifetime yeah, and like, how can you begin to treat something that you can't even see? You can't even see. Think about it. Yeah. Imagine your kid. I mean, not not yourself that you can't even see. Imagine you're a parent and your child is going through something, has a wound that you can't see. How the hell are you going to treat it? God. You need to, I think this is something, especially in Arab culture, because this is something I struggled with personally, and a lot of my friends have too. And a couple of my friends would be here if they if this was a little bit different. The ability to speak, mm -hmm. 
about what's in here to the people closest to you. What do you think we need though? What is it that we need? A safe place? No, we just need our homes to be homes. Communication with parents? Yes, exactly. Safe place. A safe place, yeah. Yeah. That's what it comes down to, Mitch. By the way, we just got to it right now. We. That is it. That is so much, of it, yeah. It's none of this were in the notes of the episode, by the way. That's totally fine. And we <laughs> spoke about something that for me, with all due respect to what you have accomplished and where I wanted to go with this episode, I think is the most important part of this episode. Dude, that's why I'm doing this, by the way. You think I'm doing this because I want to be a pop star? I'm seeing that <laughs> I'm seeing that the answer is no. No, <laughs> definitely not. This is not even, by the way, I don't even want to continue um, performing and stuff after a certain period of time. Yeah. I want to be helping others from the country and I want to be spreading this message. You have a good heart. Thanks. I mean, look, alhamdulillah. Look, dude. And I, when you continue the story, you, you'll see I turned down a $1.2 million deal from Atlantic. Why? Because I couldn't express my message through it. Okay. They were going to do something that did not align with I love Atlantic. I don't want to say anything bad about them. They're amazing. And like, I don't do it for money either. Alhamdulillah, I come from a place of privilege. And like, I also come from just from what happens in life and mental, whatever it is, a place of pain. This I understand. This is something that before I leave this world, I'm going to try to make it a little bit better for whoever I can. That's all that matters to me. I don't want what happened to. I don't want people to just, I don't want them to do it. That that thing to, this is, life is a beautiful thing. There is, I personally believe there is nothing that can kill you inside, outside, more frequently or more powerfully than yourself. And we do it slowly, we do it quickly, we do it in lots of different ways. We shouldn't be doing it at all. Now, a lot of it, a lot of the time where we do this to ourselves is because we're not able to see that there's someone else there too. So we think we're the only ones. We go to hate ourselves. Why am I like this? Why can't I just be normal? Why can't I just, you know, enjoy myself? Why can't, fuck, why can't I just get out of bed? Why, why is this such a hard thing? Look, because you feel like you're alone and because it's paralyzing. The truth is we're not. And I think that's why music, at least for me, it showed me that. Because before that, I didn't know. Dude, like with the Discord stuff and all that that I was like playing games with, I would also talk to them. And they would feel exactly like how I'm feeling. It, the same. And you know what that told me? That what I'm going through is nothing unique. This is just, it's the same thing. For so many people, it's like you. Okay, you can, you can, you can only. Sure, there are many different ways to break an arm or break a bone. But you still got yourself a broken bone, and it still needs a certain treatment for a broken bone. You still got to do something about it. It's still a broken bone, and lots of people have had broken bones. It's the same inside. Like, remember how you said, oh, or, or I said, a lot of people ask why. Why are you depressed? It's like, who cares? 
how the person broke the bone. The bone is broken. It's time to fix it. <laughs> Let's do something about it. And just, it could be one thing, it could be many things, but I think with mental health, it's a lot of the cases, many things, and it's because we can't talk about those little things to make them go away and just stay inside and build up. Then it results in the way that uh, you saw two of the people who were close with you. Yeah. Uh, you know, choose that because they didn't have an outlet to express what was inside of them. Yeah. Such a shame. It's such a shame. I spoke about mental health on the show. I spoke about bullying. I spoke about discrimination. I spoke about a lot of things on the show. Suicide wasn't one of them. Not it's yet. a hard thing to talk about. It is. Especially for us. Because this is something... Word, the word scares me. Me too. Because it's so looked down upon. It's so looked down upon. And I mean, not in a way that is sad. A lot of the time it's looked at with disgust. Um, yeah. yeah, you do perceive it as a selfish act. Yeah. And it's not normal. It, it has not been, we are nowhere near normalizing talking about it. No. And it does need to be normalized. I, when I was in school in England at the age of 15, I had my first encounter with someone who I knew from school who committed suicide. And I was like, wow, people oh. do that? Yeah. A girl, Yolanda McPherson, 25 years, 25 years ago, when was I at still? 23 years ago. <clears throat> I remember her name. I just said her name. And I was like, for some people, it's so hard that they would rather not continue and just not go through life anymore. Like you had your whole life ahead of you. How bad was it that leaving this life was the best option? I mean, probably what you was going through your mind when, when you went through, you know, the two people who were close with you. Yeah, I can't look, I can't speak for anyone else, but something I noticed in common, both of them, was that because of what they were going through, I mean, they're both talented, really smart people. They had, like you said, the whole their whole lives ahead of them. What they couldn't... Take a second. It's not easy conversation. No, it's not. It's not an easy conversation. No. Like at all. Like at all. They. They couldn't do the things they wanted to do. They were paralyzed. This is what I mean by paralyzed. Imagine you play a video game. It's your favorite game in the world. You just bought the game. Or you've had it for a couple of weeks. It's been working fine. All of a sudden, the controller stops working. You want to do all these things in the game. You see everyone else around you in the game having fun. Oh my God, it's the best game ever. Da -da 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 -da. Oh my God, Instagram stories or whatever. You know, you see people having an amazing time. Da -da 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 -da. You can't move. You're paralyzed. Why the hell are you going to play the game? 
what just to watch other people play while you stay stuck there in your own prison? Why play the game? That's like, <laughs> that's the hardest thing. That was the hardest thing for me in my head. Why? How the hell am I going to know that I'm going to be all right? How the hell am I going to know that this paralysis won't go away? You know, that it will go away. How am I going to know that? I don't know the future. I haven't been here long. And a lot of these people that suffer with mental health, they're young. We haven't experienced time to know that things will be okay, or that things change or people change their minds. Or We don't know that. We haven't experienced time enough to know that, life enough to know that. So we're lost and we can't talk to anyone about it. And we feel these things. You feel stuck. You feel like every day going to different places and you're still in the same damn place. But the truth is, things change. You go back home, and you notice home is changing. <laughs> when I came back to Saudi, it was when I was, you know, right before Arabian Nights. That's actually when I recorded the Arabian Nights. Is when Baba was like, okay, you're, you want to, what's it called, do the music thing? At first, when I was like, when I was like 10, I told him, I want to be a musician. He goes, you're going to be a clown. When I was 13, I want to be a musician. You're going to be a clown. When I was 16, you want to be, I want to be a musician. You're going to be a clown. When I was in university, studying music, I was, of course, doing business as well and other majors, you know, so, that, so, that actually, so I'm allowed to do it. But I want to do music. You're going to be a clown. But if you're going to be a clown, you better be the best. Sign a record deal within the end of the year and you can do music. You want to do music? I'll go do music. Five months later, four months later, I returned back to Jeddah. I've been, I was not, and I still look, I'm one of those people, and I think a lot of people are like me, where you get motivated for something and then you just like, it just like dies out, right? But with music, it was never like that. It was just an expression. So I just kept doing it. And I went to Jeddah, recorded this with like an iPhone, Arabian Nights. We didn't even have lights, like lighting. So we used like the flashlights of the iPhone camera. And me and my cousin did it. We're the only two people on set. It's me and Sultan, Tamur. <laughs> Even Ammi. And yeah, we made this song. We made the music video for it, just like a bunch of weird stuff that we just wanted to, you know, do it. And the song is actually about, it was about my anxiety. It was about my anxiety about the future, my anxiety about where I am, my anxiety about like, okay, I can't, I'm like, I'm no good at this, I'm no good at that. What the hell am I going to do with my life? This is like an impossible mission. Like to sign with a record deal, no one's ever done that from where I'm from. And no one in my school even did that. And they're supposed to be for music. But what the hell? Now, so the song is, it says, this anxiety, I lose it all when I fall into you. It's like, 
that paralysis again. That fear that keeps you from doing what you need to do, what you know you need to do, from what you want, from going and getting what you want, for going and living your life, for going and enjoying yourself. That fear stops you from doing that and it finds you everywhere. It finds you in the day, it finds you in the night. And this is the lyrics from the song. It's like all the time, it's following me. It won't leave me alone. And it's a battle. And it's a battle for my youth. Because I feel like it just, you know, it steals away your life, man. It, it, when you, it's like procrastination. All of that, I think so much of that is just placing too much importance on things. Taking life too seriously. And feeling too much. So you end up suffering the consequences. And the consequence is... You're stuck. Little did I know, after uploading that, I found out I wasn't the only one that felt that way. In the video also, I didn't want to... Um, actually, I, I had... Uh, so I suffered a lot. I still kind of do from self-esteem and like my body, right? And I was super skinny at the time. You can see from the video. And at first, during the video, and I, and I, I wanted to show this in the music video I'm covered in mud in the beginning because it's like I'm hiding and then I clean away all the mud and you see me for how I am but I'm happy you see me dancing around and stuff living my life being there in the moment being all the stuff that I wish I could have done and this I started this is like what I end up doing a lot in my music what I wish I could be I put into the music, I put into the video. This is like the person I wish I was to be so free, to be able to let go of this anxiety, let go of all of this and just, you know, be there. And it was all just imagination. It was all, even in the music, it's just imagination. It's just art, right? It's just expression. This is just how I feel. This is how I want to feel. But then people take it. And I think that's the only way you can connect with people through music. It's just gotta be honest. You gotta just let go and talk about exactly what you're feeling, show what you're feeling, and Allah if someone else feels it too. So yeah, with music, Arabian Nights, for example, I mean, I didn't, uh, I was scared. This is the one I did with my cousin, Sultan, actually, and I was scared to show my body because of it, because of how I looked at the time, very frail, very skinny. I would be sick. I would actually get sick every couple months and I suffered a lot from anxiety which didn't help with that because I'm going to be anxious what people are going to think it's the first time I'm ever putting a music video the last thing before that was something actually made by a chicken gang member which was like an anime music video for a song called Stray Lines that's like the first YouTube thing you'll find if you go back down to the end but with Arabian Nights, I think that was the first time where I kind of just let go of all that fear, stopped, you know, hiding myself from the world. And since I'm going to show myself to the world, you know, I might as well, you know, go out with, how do they say, your full colors or something? When people say, you, you go out, what is the word they use? Yeah, with, in, in, in all, with all your glory. With all your glory, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, look, uh, that's the only way you can truly be yourself is to, like, find... 
find that thing inside and stick to it and realize that that is power. That uniqueness is power. And what you may think or what you could have been bullied for as a kid, when you grow as an adult, this could be your weapon against the world. And the world's a scary place. So I wanted to do that with a video. I wanted to show that, yeah, this is what I am. This is a moment of... This is a moment and I want to show it for what it is. And at the same time, through the art of the video, demonstrate how I want to be. What, what's the inner world as well? Because this is something very hard that you can't, it's hard to connect to people. And, and the more you try to connect with someone about it, I think the, the harder it gets. And to me personally, I can only speak for myself, but the times where I connected the most with others was when I found myself connecting the most with myself or being true to myself. And that's, that's what did it, I think. Isn't that funny? That's so funny, man. It makes no sense, but at the same time, it makes all the sense in the world. We spend our lives trying to please people, trying to show that we're similar to person A or B or C, and we get rejected. We feel that uh, we don't fit in. I'm speaking from experience. And then when we be ourselves, roughly around the same time, we realize everyone else is taken. Do we then find our footing in life? Did you put everything you had into that video? Everything. How night of upload or day of upload, the day you uploaded, how tense or apprehensive were you on how you'll be perceived the first time you go public with a video element to your songs on YouTube? I was horrified. Dude, I wouldn't even take off my T-shirt to swim in the pool. <laughs> and now I'm taking off my T-shirt to show the world because I wanted to have that vision of, you know, the mud removing and the cleansing of the body. And, you, you know, you can finally be free. You can finally be yourself. I wanted to show that in the video. That's the whole point. <laughs> and that's the point of the song to be like, because the song is talking about this anxiety that won't leave you alone, that finds you anywhere, day in the night, or no matter what, you're with people, you're alone. It's always there and it takes everything you lose Everything when you fall into it, all your hopes, all your dreams, they turn into nightmares when you fall into this anxiety. With that video, I wanted to show the upside. The song is there to bring me down in that hole. So you, I go down to that hole with the song. It's empathy. It's just honestly, it's just talking about how I feel. And I felt horrible at the time. It was a dark place. And this video... I thought, okay, this is another way of expressing myself. And if I can express myself, let me express how I want to be instead. This is what I am. And I'm going to show you that no, even though, look, yeah, sure. I, have, um, uh, I was very, at the, at the time, super, super frail. Like I, the doctors would always tell me that if you don't eat, you're going to keep getting sick like this. I would keep going to the doctor every two months. You're really underweight, huh? Really underweight, yeah. You can see in the video, like my spine and everything still. But it connected. I was horrified. I uploaded the video on YouTube. We didn't even use proper lighting. We just had the iPhone camera flashlights. <laughs> and uh, the people started on the comments. I was very surprised. I was very, very surprised. I did not expect the reaction that it got. Positive? Very positive and very diverse, which was the thing. People talked about loads of things with the song. They talked about their heartbreaks. They talked about their parents. 
You talked about, you know, not fitting in. All these things that also I could relate to. And I think that comes in the song, no matter what I'm... I don't know. I feel like the song at that point when I release it to the world, it's it's not mine anymore. It's everybody's. Out of how people can relate to yeah. your content. Yes, because you, you dude, this is this is for you. You can take this piece of art and you can interpret it the way you wish and the way you need it. It's interesting. I've never I've never heard it being put that way. I wonder if it's something that the majority of artists feel the same as as, as you do that once it's out there it's anyone's. I, I wanted to relate to you or if there are more uh, territorial over the content. I think it's a very generous approach the way you approach it. Maybe it's Saudi culture. Maybe, yeah. Showing itself through our artistic oh, yeah. uh, tendencies. Yeah. I mean, even Time Goes By, right? Time Goes By is not officially released yet. But I put a little YouTube thing, no promotion, no nothing for it, just for the fans that were there. Just to thank you, just for generosity. Doesn't do, it doesn't even do good for me. But that is... You won't find another, I don't think, you won't find Western artists doing that. But I think that's something that we should do because it's something we do in our life. Let's do it in our art as well. And I think moving forward, if you're an artist listening to this, be you. And I think we're, we come from a very generous place, generous people. Yeah. It's important to keep to that, especially as everything is changing so much. Stay true to ourselves. Making art doesn't mean you have to stop being who you are. Going outside to the world does not mean you should forget home or where you came from. Yeah, I love it. I love the way you put it. Spotify is your go-to platform in terms of your presence, your power. You're probably most known for uh, on all platforms. Uh, I would say Spotify. Yeah. What kind of relationship has it been with them? And what was the journey like? getting to where you are today in having over a million followers or subscribers on the platform? Mm. Well, it started with my Xbox microphone and the equipment from that. Just putting it on my laptop, I used this thing called DistroKid, which is essentially like anyone today with a laptop, you can just release music. You can start releasing music now. And, and this is, I think, something important for a lot of people to know is that anyone can be on Spotify. It's like TikTok. And uh, in today's world, anyone can also make music. So hands of the few, hands of the many. Exactly. So it, it just it just kind of, I think there was the lo-fi world at that time. And then these producers, they would, you know, loop the videos and stuff from like the samples from my Instagram. If you go on Instagram, you see like, oh, can I use find comments? You're like, can I sample this? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Go for it, man. And then they would go for it. And then the producers that would, you know, take the sample for the rappers to, you know, to make it into a beat for them to rap over would be like, huh, let me hit up Mish myself. So they go like, what's up, Misho? You want to, what's it called? Uh, they'll give me like a lo-fi beat and they'll be like, you want to do this? And I'd be like, yeah, just for, it's because it's nice. You know, it's like, it's nice that, it's nice that, honestly, I thought I was making friends and I was making friends. These guys are still my friends today. Like Tekoi and Ondiville, these guys are my buddies. I was so lonely at the time. That this is like I didn't even know what lo-fi meant. <laughs> I had no clue. But I thought, oh, here's my opportunities. You know, so like I wasn't like I found very difficult to talk to people and make friends, especially when I was in the States. And this is an opportunity to do it, and we're both doing something we like. And 
they were so nice and they were all into gaming and stuff. They joined the Discord group. And I, I, there was an exam um, that I had in school. And it's funny now, actually, I'm thinking about it because UBT, which is where I was now like half an hour ago for... Um, University of Business Tech. Yeah. They don't even have exams, man. So how do they pass? Group projects. Everything is group project based. It's incredible. Oh, wow. Yeah. Kid Goku, this song, the, the, I think it's the most streamed one on my, my Spotify page. It's, um, I wrote it during an exam, like on the side of my uh, exam paper, put it on, um, just recorded it on that little microphone, put it on Spotify, and uh, nothing happened, which is something that like I think a lot of people should know, especially in today's world. Don't underestimate what you can do five years from now. And don't put so much expectation on today. Just work today. Just do your thing. Because that song was like the least popular mm. for, for the longest time. And, and I think, look, you never know what can happen slowly, what builds up slowly. And I think with Spotify, that's what it was. It was a slow buildup different people using the samples uploading tracks every once in a while i did like i think four songs i uploaded on it that were like the lo-fi beat collabs yeah, it was frost throne addicted kid goku three songs you come up with the titles yeah unless i'm forgetting one no three songs just three songs so there's very little content out there most of the content's unreleased and Spotify, now they're moving also to the Middle East, which is great. I mean, what's it called? Because they ran out of users in the US and stuff. They're just, they're like, okay, now it's time for the Arabs, right? And I, I hope that changes the way the world sees us when they see the music coming out of here. And that gets more globalized instead of localized. Because right now, if you're even a huge Egyptian artist, for example, right? Chances are, if you go to uh, some place, even a melting pot like New York, they have no idea who this person is. They can be huge, and they'll have no idea. You think Egypt, pyramid, that's it. That's it. Uh, Saudi, oil, that's it. Or God knows what else. I mean, it's horrible what, how they see us. It's got to change. Um, you want it to be synonymous that when you think of this country... You also think about the talents they have uh, as far as soft power is concerned. I don't want to go back to the States. Actually, a dream of mine, not I don't, something more positive, I'd say. I want to go to America or London or Timbuktu, God knows where. And when I say I'm from Saudi, I want to see an image in their heads from the words they say, something I'll be proud of. Something, because and, and, I'm proud of that here. I'm proud of that. Look at our people. Look at our culture. Look at everything, man. It's amazing. I just want us to be humanized. Like, look, it's not, a, it's not even about the fact, oh, look at us making such great art. No, it's just we make art too. Mm -hmm. We have places too. We look at our natural things we could do too. Look at our cultures. Look at our food. We do our own dishes too. 
where people stop like villainizing us. We're just like you. That's it. That's all it is. Our, like that's it. And we are we are not seen as humans. And um, right now, how we're looked at. I'm not just saying Saudis. I'm saying Arabs, in general. It's difficult. It's difficult being an Arab outside of where we are. And it's, it's, and it's, and no one sees anything. It's like, it's like, it's, they, it's like, a, you close an eye to these things. Even in the West, no one wants to talk about it. No one wants to admit it, that this is what they're doing. Look at, but then if you look around, you see it everywhere. You see it in your games. You see it in your movies. Even the Black Panther. They had the guy wearing a shemach, right? The evil guy in the beginning. This is a wrong country to be wearing the wrong shemach. They didn't even get it right. What the hell? It's like, oh, just make him look more Arab. Why? Because it's scarier. The world needs a bad guy. The world needs a bad guy. Yeah. yeah. You just made me realize is that it's the elephant in the room that no one ever wants to discuss. No one wants to talk about. It, yeah. Man. And it's confusing. That's this this morning. Like, like I was working on this song, I don't feel a little bit confused because I feel a little bit abused, but I see nothing. It's like we don't even like the the funniest part is it's it's so normalized that we don't even we don't even acknowledge it anymore. It's like we're playing modern warfare and we're killing our own people. It's the bad guy. It's default. The default bad guy and has become a Muslim or an Arab. This is wrong. This is wrong. And people are, you're right. It's the elephant in the room. It's like right there. It's blatantly wrong. This should not be happening. This is, this is a, not like, not just, it's a people and it's a beautiful religion as well. And both, both are being discriminated like this and no one wants to see anything. And that's why when you have people from the West coming to Saudi, they're shocked. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah. It's, uh, it's like this here. Yeah. We've always been told that it's, you know, X, we come and it's Y. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Then they start having trust issues with the news sources that we know where they get their information from. And that's been happening. And that's been happening. People are not believing the... Look, they're not buying anymore. This stuff like from, you know, these news, uh, CNN or whatever it is, or I don't know what. They're not buying this anymore their credibility the credibility is gone and yeah. that's because they they broke that trust yeah they broke it lied to lied to someone enough you know it's like the boy who cried wolf or whatever but not even because there's no wolf you're making it up yeah. just to scare people what because it's easier to have an enemy that's it it's just but it's wrong mm. like many things that are easy yeah and, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. It's something that I, I don't pay enough attention to. And, and my God, it's right in front of our face. And even I have not addressed it as the elephant in the room when it comes to how normalized it's become. That's the thing. We need to, I I'm, think it needs to start from us a little bit as well. Like we need to stop accepting it mm. because this is unacceptable. Yeah. Uh, as far as the local platforms are concerned in the music business on Spotify 
uh, you know, globally, everyone knows of its presence and strengths. Strengths. Uh, and Rami is the local boy that does what Spotify does. Are you on it? Are you in touch? Is it a platform that you use? Yeah. So far, it's just been like a lot of like the sample stuff or things would, would pop up on Rami. And uh, yeah, I've been using it, but I think we're going to go in a bit harder in this uh, coming year with releasing the new music and stuff. Like the songs that people have been waiting for and everything. I met a few of the guys, the founders at this SRMG event in Riyadh two weeks ago. No way. So there was this first podcasting conference called uh, Ignite the Sound that I was like very excited to be a part of. That's it. I uh, led a few panels over there and one of them had the Enrami guys on it. And we were talking about streaming and audio content in the region and its growth in the future and the outlook. And I met two of the guys, the founders, some real down-to-earth people that have been operating at a high level for the better part of a decade, listed uh, listed in New York as a publicly traded company, the first Lebanese company to be listed in New York. Rami is Lebanese? It's Lebanese. Wow. Yeah. And these guys were like, uh, Mo, we, we love what you do. We, we, we love that you're on uh, our platform. How can we collab? How can we? So if it's something that you'd like me to make the introduction Dude, to, please, yeah. I'll, I'll put you in touch. You're some real down-to-earth guys. Like what I said before, I know nobody. <laughs> I know literally I'll, no I'll put one. you in touch with them. <laughs> Thank you. I'll put you in touch really with them. Because that. you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm all for obviously being on the big boy platforms but also for supporting our local. And, you know, I look at Lebanon and I see them as our brothers. There's no question about that. Yeah. Um, and and they've done really well, Anghami. They are, they're a powerhouse. Yeah. Not just in the region, like they are a force to be to be reckoned with. Um, and now especially it's the right time. And like, now it's the right like time. Like with the Middle East, we're op- Saudi's opening up. Correct. A lot of like... Speak, speaking of that, Saudi, and in the music business, a friend of mine, mm-hmm. um, from Sela. Sela put this together. He sent me this document yesterday. So part of the Riyadh Boulevard season, they realize that people, when they want to record tracks and record music, they go to Lebanon, they go to Egypt. I think there's a big music culture there. So as part of the Riyadh season initiative, they said, let's put together a state-of-the-art music recording studio good enough for Muhammad Abdu and his however many people are in his band to like do recordings look wow. at that for state of the art tech and for people on youtube right now we'll put it up on the screen just just scroll through that that's part of Riyadh season in the boulevard uh, that uh, has attracted many household names to come and perform practice record this looks incredible and this was uh, an, an initiative done by Tur- turkey al-sheikh and his team uh, Scylla executed, um, Entertainment Authority were the brains behind it. And we're, I, I don't, look, I'm not from the music business, but to me that looks world class. It is. You would know. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's pre- wow. Yeah. yeah. And when I told him that you're coming on the show, that's when he sent it to me. He's like, send this to Mishal. Maybe one day he wants to come and and record there. That would be such an honor. <laughs> yeah. But in, in, in Riyadh as part of part of the season that has apparently doubled from last year in terms of offering and attractions. I sound like I work for Riyadh season. I don't. <laughs> you know what's what's really great about this as well? What? So many recording studios here, I've noticed. It's like they forget about the roof. 
And I, this, they did not only not forget about the roof. Like to soundproof God, it, like to. This is next level. Look at that. Oh my they goodness. Have, they have it so there is no symmetry. There's no reflection between any, like there's no part in this. This is perfect. <laughs> this is how it's supposed to be, huh? This is better than how it's supposed to be. It's better than the standard. This is perfection. This is amazing. Wow. Wow. They'd be very happy to hear that. No, this is really good. Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, you guys really went for it because it yeah. looked the business to me. Uh, again, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not from the industry, but that looked like a place I'd want to sing in and you don't want to hear my voice. No, even the place looks like it was built for that. Built for it, yeah. Was it built yeah, for it? I don't know. I have no idea. Um, I mean, but the, but the walls... knowing knowing the way that they operate now with Riyadh Season and Ministry of Entertainment, I keep saying Ministry. It's not this Entertainment Authority, Riyadh Season and Entertainment Authority. They they build things specifically for the purpose. So nothing is just happens to be there and let's renovate. No, they they go for it. How many studios are in? I don't know. It's oh it's nuts. <laughs> oh, that's a sick guitar too. All right, they went for, mm, very nice. I knew, <laughs> I knew you'd like it, but I didn't think this much. You are loving yeah, it. Yeah, man. Holy crap! I'll put you in touch with them. Go go there. Imagine recording recording there. How cool would that recording be? Recording here would be a dream. Yeah, it really would. And since you're going for Middle Beast, which we're going to get into in a minute, wow. uh, two birds with one stone. Check yeah. this facility out while you're in Riyadh. I'll call my buddy and he'll show you around. Wow, I can't believe this exists here. That's what I said when I saw it. Wow. Because we don't have a history in, in, in music and culture. This is all new as far as my generation is concerned. This is all new again. So to have that, it looks like something like the Sydney Opera House. Yeah. Really, something <laughs> yeah. like on that. It feels like that. It feels like kind of Abbey Roadish. You know, <laughs> it's really cool. I had a feeling you'd like it. It's really, really cool, man. Seeing that this Ma is it's called Merwas. Merwas, yeah. Wow. Inspos, who is your inspos? Why and when were you inspired by whoever your inspiration was? Mm. Like how I switch gears? Thank you. Very good switch gear. Um, <laughs> When I was a kid, my grandma loved music. She would play Abdul Halim al-Hafiz a lot. Mm. Fairuz, when he would wake up in the morning, this is when he would go to, we'd go to Uphur, and there was a spot there we'd all be, all the time, the whole family, everybody gets together. And we all loved music, listen to music. And Teta had a giant, she came from Palestine. So, you know, she was actually, she had to escape uh, when she was a kid it was a very traumatic event and music helped of course so she fell in love with it and also Amufofo who was my grand uncle he also played guitar and stuff so he would always you know there was always a kind of uh, music was always there around and it's what was cool about that was this was during a time where, you know, you wouldn't hear songs in restaurants or anything. Yeah. So Alhamdulillah, I was very lucky to be exposed to that. Now there isn't a restaurant that isn't playing. Now there isn't a restaurant that isn't playing something. Yeah, it's beautiful. And any, 
during this time, but I think it was also it was also kind of a blessing because back then, because I wasn't exposed to you know whatever was playing on the radio or something, I only heard what was genuinely good, what genuinely someone felt and you know admired, and we wouldn't listen to stuff from uh, like a streaming service or anything. We had the CDs. We had the big uh, CDs, I don't know what they're called, like vinyl or something. Yeah, vinyls. Vinyls. Well before your time. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what we would listen to. And I loved it, man. And we'd hear song by song. We'd had these like collections that they would make in the CDs. And you'd have like a disc with a thing right, written on it, you know, like, like mix one, mix two. And it would have a bunch of singles and stuff. So that my biggest inspirations was just ended up being this amalgamation of artists from... I guess the cultures that I grew up from. So we have Arab artists. We had uh, especially a lot from the Levant. And then also Ecuadorian. We had like the uh, music coming from the Andes that my mother would bring. And also Spanish, of course. And especially with Ecuadorian one, actually something interesting is like, and with the Arab ones too, a lot of similarities like with our cultures even, South Americans and Arabs. There's something there. There's something there. We're, We're very similar. Yeah. And the same thing with our music, it gets stolen the same way. A lot of pop songs, both, um, hmm. like a lot of pop songs are originally Arab songs, yeah. Arabic songs. Yeah. And the same thing is with... Uh, Sh- Shakira takes full Shakira advantage takes of, full of that. Advantage yeah. of that. Yeah, full yeah, advantage. Full advantage. But also I Go- think... Good for her. That, that's that she great. Man- yeah. I think that's a good way of doing it. I think Shakira does it really nicely. I think that's also honorable in the way she does it she's also half lebanese I think. yeah she is there's some yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so Sorry. like colombian lebanese that's beautiful like i always would get bullied for being half uh ecuadorian half saudi be spanish and arabic and english i would get bullied like in school and stuff i never saw it as a good thing and I always saw it as a way that, oh man, this stops me from fitting in. I can't, I can't go here. I can't go there. I'm not fully a part of this. I'm not fully a part of that. What the hell am I? And you just told me I'm a bridge. <laughs> I'm not here. I'm not there. I'm a bridge. If only someone, if only you realized that back in the day, mm. as opposed to probably beating yourself up on why am I half half? Yeah. Look, it's a scary place. School. Everything happens for a reason, though, man. It does. Maybe if I. Maybe if I knew back then, I would not have been, you know, I wouldn't have made the music that I did back then, yeah. which came from that pain. Yeah. And that's what connected. And now today, hearing this from you, this is the perfect time to do something about it. Yeah. So subhanAllah, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. If, if there was no bullying, there probably wouldn't have been no drive to make music. No, there wouldn't have been. There wouldn't have been. It was an, it was an, uh, I mean, I'm not thankful for my bullies. In fact, no, I, I don't know, honestly. But I think pain pain is two things. With yourself experiencing it, coming from within, it's like a paralyzing poison. But when you take it, just like a lot of poisons, and you, you know, do something with it, turn it into something else, it turns into an antidote. And that's, I think, what music was for me. And it was not an antidote for myself only, it became an antidote for anyone who heard it and who was feeling that poison, that paralysis too. 
like and that's the thing about it it, it, it connects to anyone no matter who. even if you don't even understand what the person is saying with the language that doesn't matter at all it's the melody mm. to me that matters there's a reason why um like i said this before um, <laughs> two seconds but there's a reason why like major chords sound happy and then you have a minor chord and it sounds sad yeah yani what is this, is the note speaking to us in arabic la is it speaking to us in english no this is the antidote this is the cure for our own poison it touches your emotions yeah and, I, and everyone we've all we've all got this monster in our heads we've all got this little voice that tells you things that almost the time aren't even true mm. it's called the critical voice as lena hashem has taught me the critical voice the critical voice yeah so the person i look up to most is someone i've never met but the reason behind this podcast is a guy by the name of naval who said the world reflects your own feelings back at you no way so that's just <laughs> one of the things that he said like he's right about that in the <laughs> in the comment section of his episode on rogan which was the episode that, that really really was the the spark behind me starting this they are there are people that have listed a hundred points of information that you can take to better your life just random people like here's a hundred points i have taken basically like if you don't have time to watch the two hours and 11 minutes here are a hundred points just read it and then you would gain the benefit of the episode mm. and i j- it just crossed my mind and i thought that you'd appreciate this that i know i do the world is just it just reflects your own feelings back at you if you're a happy this is how he says it he's like if you're a happy person everything you do is going to be a happy experience if you're an angry person everything you're going to be doing is a, is is an is an unpleasant experience so the world reflects your feelings back at you this makes so much sense i knew he'd like it this makes so dude even with music this makes sense think about it remember how i was talking about oh, this thing here and then you go closer into this thing soul. and the closer yeah, yeah the soul yeah. the closer the more you connect with yourself for a song that's the way you connect with others because that's what you're putting out there you're putting out there what i'm getting in tune with my feelings so true I'm, putting, I'm making this song, I'm expressing my inner feelings. I'm connecting with my feelings. So what happens when the song is out there in the world? Yeah. It reflects. Yeah. It connects with their feelings. You know, when you said that in, it's so true also in, in, in songs, I didn't know where you were going with that. Yeah. I didn't know what you, what, what you meant until you had to explain it now. But when you release what's in here, your feelings out into the world, you will get that reflected back at you. Bizarre. So it's... Um, it's fitting for, for for the for the music business as well it's fitting for everything because you're right too with, with i mean but here's the thing when it comes to how can you choose how you want to be how how you want to you know i think in this case music works kind of like a like a healing thing right or a soothing remedy because how can you choose what you want to put out there to the world if you're mentally unwell how can you do that but there's a genre for that for, for 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 like super super sad songs no 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 i don't mean that i don't mean i don't mean making music like that i mean as a person okay. if you want to go you, sure if you 
It's true. If, if you go out with a positive attitude, the world will reflect that right back at you. But if you're mentally unwell, how are you going to have a positive attitude? If you're stuck and you can't, you, you can't even, you can't even talk about it. How can then, then you, that, that you're, you're unable to live. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. You're unable to choose how you want to reflect, how, what you want to put out there. You can't, you don't have this control. It's like if you have an injury on your leg with mental health, it's the same. It's just an injury in your soul. You have this injury or your, 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 your brain, you have this injury in your head and your leg. You, how are you going to walk? How are you going to get to the places you want to go? You can't. You got to heal it. And this is like, this is what we were talking about, but I, I think it reflects here too. And I think there's something special about music with that. I think it's like, at least for me personally, because I've experienced that where I, 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 want, I don't want to be a burden onto others, man. And like, to me, like I've had a lot of, where I've found it like, I would feel guilty for making like, you know, like being basically like a, like a vibe killer or something or not, or I would, it was just the critical head think making me think that, but the reality is look, man, like imagine you want to be happy so bad. You want to be able to smile at someone and have it be real. But you can't because you're sick. And it's okay to be sick. We all get sick sometimes, man. I used to get physically sick every month, basically. Like every couple months if I'm lucky. And then you can get treated and, and now I'm better. I haven't been sick for about a year and a half. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. This is like... It stops you from living. And we and we talked about this, about how we need to talk about it. Because we do. Because how can you begin to do what? What was his name? Le Levi? Le 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 Naval. Le Naval? Yeah. Close. <laughs> how can we do what Naval is, is you know, suggesting? It's a, it's a great thing, but it's, it's very difficult to do. And especially, look, I mean... And we all, personally, I want to, like when I was very depressed, and I'm still getting out of it. I'm not out, out yet. You know, on, on my last episode with Princess Rima, when I asked her, uh, what's something that you've done recently that's changed your life for the better? In my mind, in putting that question together, I'm like, I really am looking forward to the answer. I wonder where she's going to go with it. And she said something that was so unexpected. Uh, I don't, I, didn't, I mean, I didn't even know what she was going to say. But what have you done recently in your life that has made, what have you done recently that has made your life better that you wish you have done it earlier? And she said sleep. <laughs> I realized the importance of sleep and, and now nothing interrupts that. I, she she, she wow. said something along the lines is that she has to get a full night's rest because only then can she be the best Princess Rima that, 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 that the world needs and the country needs. Yeah. And I was like, that is so profound, man. Really, something as simple as sleep. It's, it's free. We all do it, but we don't do enough of it. I don't do enough of it. My parents always tell me I need to sleep. I need to sleep more. You know, below eight, 
If you're getting six hours of sleep, you are entering a zone of where you can be in danger of many multiple health issues or yeah well, just by getting just six, by, less by, six by getting hours? six or less you are now you you are categorized wow you are now in danger of of i think it's sugar of diabetes of xyz just by getting six over six if you're if you're touching eight and above you've neutralized that mm. how crazy is that that's not when people ask me what like a good question came to me the other day what subject do you, do you think that they should have uh, taught at school that they don't? First thing I said was mental health. Okay. Yeah. And and in part of that is that why didn't anyone tell us, except our parents until the age of maybe 14, 15, yeah. that sleep is important. It's, it's, it's important. I know people that really wanted to get in shape, be in the gym four or five days a week, eat clean, but their sleep is bullshit four or five hours. They could never achieve the results that they wanted. They fixed it. One, this one specific person tweaked that. He started getting eight or nine. Fucking eight pack. Wow. Like that, that thing. You, it, just from sleep. Just from sleep. It changes, it changes everything in your chemical composition of the body. Because even if you're not pushing your body to the limits, the fact that you left your house, got in the car, came here, sitting, we're talking, we're doing all this. Yeah. Your body eventually, like a phone, needs to then recharge. We're not running marathons here. No, you're so but right. But we're up and about and we're awake and we're dealing with information. Phone call, oh, no, not this guy. Or yeah. you're, this is stressful. Some questions I'm asking you, you take 10 seconds, you're looking down, you're like, it stresses the body. How is the body going to get over all these little things you put it through if you're only going to charge it at 40% when it comes down to it? Yeah, wow. Right when you break it down, yeah, we don't we don't really think about it, it makes like sense. that, but it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Another thing as well, but but it's hard to sleep, man. It's hard to you can't force yourself to sleep. It's like it's a paradox. <sighs> Sandstorm is something you did last year for the first time, biggest scale event, first performance uh, ever, performance, and we're talking tens of thousands of people. A lot, a lot of people. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I went to Sandstorm. It was in, it was insane. Um, I think they racked up 500,000 people over the three-day uh, music conference event. I saw pretty much what I think all the stages. And yeah, it was just mad people in front of everyone. How did you prepare for that? Something that you've never done before. When you're five minutes away from them saying, Michal, you're on. Uh, what kind of sensations are going on in your stomach? Terror absolute terror that voice that is in your head in the back of your mind was not speaking it was screaming at me and it was screaming at me so much that i couldn't move five minutes before the show i had a little panic attack in the in the break room no one knew i was like alone and then when i was up there on the stage right right the backstage before it goes on i had my in-ears in and then they're putting the intro, the Mish'a thing. That's where I'm supposed to walk in, right? This is like 20 seconds that I have. And then I have to, you know, walk into the stage. And I'm, I'm I couldn't do it, man. I, I was just so scared. I wasn't thinking anything. I wasn't, I wasn't there, really. I, my, I was just way in my head. 
and they had this thing just playing so loud in my ear. They're... It was like a really cool intro sound, but intense. It was intense, man. And like I knew, like I was horrified, dude. I'm a shy person. Like in in life, I I find it difficult to even like go in social situations and you know like be normal and talk like and not be so awkward. How the hell am I gonna do this social thing with like so many people that are like that I don't know that like man. What the hell? And, and and who are these people, right? And, and what like what if they hate me? What if they what, what is this? Like how are they thinking? What are they going to think of me and stuff like that? Like all these things just like rushing in my head, and I was just there paralyzed. Da na 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 And then my friend, Sam, comes and pulls down the earphones. And then I hear my name, and this was not a voice in my head. This was many voices from the other side of that stage. They were chanting, and you still can see it on my Instagram. If you go on the Instagram highlights, there's actually a lot you can find on the highlights. And one of those is the first, it's the highlight called the first show ever. And the first thing there, I think, is that the, like there was like someone who took like because uh, all the highlights are just a bunch of uh, like reposts from like who the people that were there and the, like watching the show. So I hear, and then that. That I don't know what switched, but that just drowned out the voice in my head entirely. I ran out on the stage, didn't walk, I ran out onto the stage, and I look into the audience, expecting to see so many different faces, and I just see me staring right back at me. <laughs> and it made sense because this is why I'm here. That's it. It's not for me. Who? I'm not going to be here forever. The chance made you realize that. It made me realize that. Seeing that being, look, as a local artist, mustahil, you're going to find yourself in, uh, or not just local, just like any artist starting out. Like, I don't have enough in my discography to be put on a festival this big. No way, this is a huge opportunity. And not just that, but also like on top of that, seeing these kids, they they there were people crying in the audience, and I started crying too, and I hugged them after because for the longest time I felt so alone when I was making these songs, when I was writing these songs and producing in my room or when I would go to that little room in the studio, it was lonely, Lonely, man. It was lonely and I felt like, I, like, like these, it almost felt like they didn't exist. Like I would see the comments and stuff and you know, people relating with their stories, but it felt almost in a way like, it, like I don't know, it didn't feel real until that night when I saw, when I saw them, it felt like it wasn't me connecting with the audience or, you know, engaging the audience or all this halabaloo. It was we were one. That's it. This is this is our, it felt like, a, like not even just being united. It felt like being reunited. It's like, imagine you have all these people thinking they're alone and then they come to one place together and they realize we're not alone anymore. Mm. We're alive and we're here for each other. And what's a beautiful thing is a lot of people from that show, I mean, 
became friends with each other. And I would see them, like, there's certain groups, like, there's, like, a group of five or a group of three here, and I would see them again in, in another show in Jeddah. And I would, like, recognize, and I'd be like, wow, and, that's so, and they would become friends. They would go and they would travel to Jeddah together. They would book a hotel room and they would all stay together there. That is, and look, this is, this is everything that I wish I would have had when I was lonely in New York didn't have that I think this is something good that I can do for others that I wish was there for me and I don't I can't do much but I can write a song and sing it and sing it and through that I can do something worth it before I'm gone from this world you sound surprised that people were enjoying your music being festive getting along with one another but you created it do you not believe that what you're creating is excellence no i mean look i'm not looking at it like that i'm not it's not for a grade or anything it's just talking and i find it honestly crazy it's a very still surprising to me that that the songs connect with people because i'm talking about myself i'm talking about my very i think specific feelings that i'm all alone in feeling and then I put it out there and I realize, hey, you're not the only one feeling this way. But it's a huge surprise. And I think, yeah, and it's, it, this stuff, I mean, you, it's a very big compliment that you say that it's excellent. To me, uh, like, I don't know, I don't, I don't know. I, I, that's very nice to hear, man. Like, I, I strive for that. Do you know I'm obviously. not bullshitting? Like, can we can we play, we can play a bit of sab, Sabre, is it? Sabre, yeah, yeah, go sabre. for it, yeah, yeah. Go for it. I just don't want to give any room for anyone thinking there is a hint of disingenuine, disingenuousness coming from me. Uh, I mean what I say. Uh, I genuinely think that your music is excellent. And a song that you shared with me yesterday, I listened to eight times today. <laughs> After I woke Take up to watching my Celtics highlights, I, I, I listened to the song and I was like, it's, 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 it's really, really, really good. How has this not been published yet? Don't take my word for it. You know what I mean? The drawing room or the drawing board, yeah, Mishan, is a dark room, all right? I think it was Mike, Michael Phelps who said this, eight-time Olympic uh, gold medal champion. I think it's eight. Forgive me if it's nine or 10 or 11. He said, it's what you do in the dark that makes you shine bright in the light. Success, accolades, awards don't come from areas that didn't require you to be alone to be within your thoughts because if you're going to make it to the top you're going to be in an area working on your craft where many other people are not they're going to be doing something else hmm. and there, there's there's an old saying that goes it's lonely at the top so it's it's lonely at the top when you get there because not many people have had to put in the hours to get to where they are. But but also the drawing board or the practice room or the swimming pool in Phelps's case or the studio 
or thinking of music when you're alone in your room at 4 a.m. and you can't sleep is a lonely place. But look at the fruit that has come from that mental labor. That's a beautiful way to, to look at it, man. And also look at how it made other people less lonely, including myself. Mm. There was never a time I felt more at home, at place than that performance, that first time. That just... In Riyadh, Middle East. Yeah, because yeah. think about it, man. So that was full circle for full you. Full circle for me. Because yeah. for also all my life, I felt like an outcast. Yeah. And it was like coming home. And I found, I think I'm slowly, even talking to you now, thinking about it, I'm slowly, because I'm a young guy, man. It's like, we don't know much. We have, we have zero experience, basically. I, I'm still trying to find my way in the world. I don't know what the hell is going on, man. School did not prepare me for this at all. <laughs> the real world is so different. It's like we don't see it coming. And then time just, choom, choom, choom. every year is faster than the other. It's scary. Scary. It's very scary. But it makes it less scary to know you're not alone. Yeah, for sure. And sorry, Michael Phelps, there was 23 gold medals. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever think of like the future and how far you eventually want to take it? It's a two-part question. Like you probably experienced, for sure, you, you have experienced some people who come up to you because they recognize you. You have gotten your uh, dose of fame. Um, do you ever think of how far you want to take it and then what that would mean for you and your life going forward do you want it to be full-on uh as big as you can be or do you want to be in a different zone yeah it's funny that's what sabbath is about the sacrifice of um so the song is talking about a melody right and that's the melody of music and the lyrics are, I love you just a little bit more than I hate you. Thin line. It's a very thin line. Between love and hate. It's very, very thin. And I mean, the opposite of love isn't hate. It's indifference. Mm. Hate and love are so close. So close. So there is that with this. I love music. I love it. But there is a. there's also a part of me that... Look, man, I, I find it difficult. I get panic attacks in crowded spaces. And that has happened because of my music. So that's a consequence of it. It's a sacrifice in a way. But I love the vision. Or I'm determined with the vision, man, of, of getting it, of spreading it. And this is the only way I can do it. And if I'm going to do it, I'm not going to be here forever. I can either have... Like a very easy, comfortable life of, you know, I can, alhamdulillah, I'm privileged. I can make music and uh, even keep it for myself. <laughs> I don't have to show it to anybody. And, and live the rest of my life, fine. Adi. And it would be in the beach with my dog, chilling. No stress, easy life. Happy as can be. Happy as can be. But there is something, and I've seen it, that I can do with what Allah gave me. Why not go full force in it before I'm gone? I'm only here now. It's now and now only. And time just keeps going faster. So 
I'm tired. I'm not going to let myself be scared. I'm not going to let myself be put down by my fears, by that, those thoughts in my head. And you're clearly not, or else you wouldn't have. I am. I'm terrified. I am terrified. But I'm but doing it anyway. Conquered your fears. How many how many videos do you have on YouTube? Um, 50, 60. Give me a ballpark figure. I don't, I don't know. Not 50. Definitely not 50. Dude, I'm telling you, I, I'm I'm struggling to get over this. This is this is my biggest hurdle. This is what I need to conquer. Close to a hundred thousand subscribers. I mean, yeah, and you have content out there and a following. I'll show you. Both that. on audio and video. Less than 15 videos for sure. One five? Yes. Inshallah. Dude, it's you see it, how sticky your content is. That's though? the thing. It's it's a miracle that it's gotten to where it is because my God, I need. But that's the thing. It's like I feel like that's why. And look, look at that. Fifteen stuff out, only three songs from the lo-fi thing, and eight hundred songs unreleased. It's not making music that's the problem. It's my fear of putting it out there. I have a very big dilemma before I post any video or something because I'm like, oh crap. Now I have a higher chance of someone seeing my face when I go to a restaurant or like in the F1 thing where there was the crowd of people and then I got the panic attack. Like this is my stuff I'm still trying to get over. But it's a worthy sacrifice. It's, 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 a, it's a tough choice, man. But you need to either decide whether you, you want to you wanna be it or not. It's not... Like a hat that you say, I want to wear red today or white. No, no, you're right. But from what I see is that you're in it. And if I've you're going to be in it, screw mediocrity. Yeah. Go for it in all your your glory. The Jim Carrey uh, famous quote, risk being seen in all your glory. Mm. Uh, your need for acceptance will make you invisible to the world. In all your glory. I think that when it's all said and done, if we didn't use our God-given talents, whatever on earth it might be, I feel that God will have questions for us. This is my feelings. Mm. This is not in any uh, Proverbs, sorry. Quran. It's not, this is just what... I know, I, I feel that too. Mo Islam no, 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 I feel that too. Because yeah. it's, it feels wrong to, to choose the other thing. Yeah. To choose to, you know, be selfish about it and uh, go down that path and forget about everyone else. P parents had a, a, a very influential role in your life. My parents? Yeah. Yeah. How would you, you choose mom or, or dad, how would you describe either one? And you can choose who you want to describe first. <clears throat> My father, for the longest time, from when I was a kid, you know, my greatest love being music. And obviously wanting to do that. This was... It was never something I deemed possible. Because I knew how we felt about it. I knew how everyone felt about it around me. And this was like... I mean, when I was telling me, it'd be like, oh, music? You're going to be a clown. No way in hell. But he also showed me and he taught me something that I think, he taught me many things. He taught me about, you know, luck. What is luck? If you're thinking it's, you know, you roll a dice and then you get the, no. True luck for life 
is being prepared for an opportunity, being ready. And when it comes, jumping on it, seeing this, that is luck. And that's something we can do. It's not something we should sit and wait for. He also, because of my father, that's why I went and lived in the studio. That's what I saw. I saw, oh, I got lucky. He offered me to use this room. Now let me make the most of it. Hmm. That's luck. You do something. So I moved in. Doesn't, you make the most of what you have. It doesn't matter. It, this is another thing. It doesn't matter the... Also, man, you, you said earlier about failure, and I was thinking about this. And there was one time, actually, a few times, and I can, I can give you some examples now that I had to, like, some thought about it. On TikTok, this was like a year and a half ago, right? I had, I was, my record label, RCA, was telling me, you got to post on TikTok, you got to post on TikTok. And then I, I came up with this idea. I got so excited about it and stuff. And it's basically to release a song, to put up a song on TikTok every day, right? And like now I can, alhamdulillah, I can do that for two years daily, which is pretty cool. Like a song every day for two years daily, that's not bad. That's, 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 that's consistency. That's consistency. <laughs> but what's the hardest thing when you're depressed is, is to be consistent in anything you do. You're crazy, by the way, that you have 800 songs that are unpublished. It's ridiculous. It's actually like, uh, it's mentally... Uh, you can, reti you can retire not... now and just... <laughs> I can't. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't want to. I still love making music. 800 songs unreleased. Haram. Haram, yeah. Share your wealth with the world. You know, this is something I was actually thinking about. I'm going to do... I'm going to try it again. Because this was like a year and a half. You know why I stopped doing it? I don't know. I just got scared I, it was going so well I was putting out the songs every day and then one day I woke up and I listened to that voice in my head instead of ignoring it and I thought I started putting first little like smaller parts of the song instead of one minute I would change it down to 15 seconds thinking oh this is probably better for TikTok because it's shorter or something and then people tell me oh use shorter content for TikTok you gotta use shorter content make it 15 seconds so I'd make it 15 seconds then it wouldn't show the whole song it wouldn't show even the cool part that I want to show and it just felt like it needs to be the full feature it felt hopeless yeah. it felt hopeless man and then I I failed I stopped doing it and then I'm thinking, oh, I failed. And I remember <laughs> I was talking to Baba about it. And he, and again, I was telling him, I was, I was reminding what he told me, which was literally, you never fail until you give up. Correct. You, you're not, there's no such thing. And he's right. And I was thinking about that. And then now, today, I'm thinking, man, I should do that. Now I've got that. I it didn't even have 800 songs at that point. I had around maybe like 600. So now is like enough for yeah over two years, but eight hundred that's two years three hundred sixty five yeah that's like you know what now, I you, yeah I should do it <laughs> for sure yeah you you should definitely look into that I mean just dip into that bank of yours uh, days that I feel are bad days or days days where I perhaps failed <clears throat> I actually have recently changed it to something called growth days. 
those are days that I grow, mm. where I get hit, where I learn a lesson. Could be anything. I don't like doing that much. Like, how did you not see that this was going to happen? It's fine. It's a growth day. This is the day where I will learn tomorrow. I'll, I'll be better than that because I had yesterday. It's a growth day. It, and it uh, adds a lot of weight to what your father said. You only fail when you give up. Yeah. Um, further down, I, I have a question uh, of what was your favorite failure. And, and it's a word that many people don't like using. But, you know, in the spirit of addressing the elephant in the room. I want you to think of what your favorite failure is or something that, you know, punched you in the mouth that you learned a lot from. But before you go there, keep that in the back of your mind. I want you to describe your mother for me and what kind of role she had in your life. My mother is my biggest fan. My mother is like number one biggest fan, biggest supporter. You would see her screaming in the concerts like, if there is a show, her voice is going to be... You can't speak to her that night. Her voice is done. It's over. Must bring a tear to her eye when uh, she hears one of those uh, it, melancholy, dramatic songs of yours. She must really does. be proud. And my mom taught me to... You know, to just enjoy the little things of life, man. Yeah. So much stuff we put in our heads for all this nonsense of what we want to be and what we are now and what we could have been and what all this or what is and what's around us or what people think or all this stuff or just slow down look around you time is not stopping for anybody no it's not going to stop for you to think about all this nonsense it's a freight train it's a freight train mm -hmm. so enjoy every moment you have actually dude i wrote a song about my mom no way yeah i wrote it before i left to university this was like during the time of, uh, you know, a lot of Saudis were leaving to go to university and outside and come back. I was one of them. And I was scared to leave my mom. So I made this song. It's called... Published? It's not published, but it's going to be on the mixtape, my first mixtape. <laughs> Home is changing. Love it. And uh, the song is called Mama Don't Go. And it's basically saying, I mean, look, I'll, I'll play the song. The lyrics say it all, to be honest. Yeah. When I was young, I got so much wrong. And I always took too long, too long. To just move on. I kept dwelling on things. My mom was like, no, man, why are you? My mom said, take, move the F on. Life is short. And always fleeting. Mama, don't go. I don't want you leaving. It's very cold play. Yeah, it is. And then also I talk about like, man, when I'm gonna, I'm growing now. I can't. Each day I'm growing. Soon I'll be going. Yeah. It's 
so wow i love this i love it i love going it going away 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 i'm going and mama says Life. I cried when I recorded this, man. Love. Love. And then there's a part where my mom cries and goes, don't cry, don't cry, but uh, should I show it now? Probably it's going to be yeah, a no, no, keep it, Yeah, right? keep it for some stuff. <laughs> How does a parent go through such emotions and keep it together when the love of their life is singing a song for them, their child? My yeah, God, I don't even know how. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. My son says, I love you, Baba. I, I melt. If he sang a song for me, I don't know what will happen to me. I don't. I don't. So I don't think it's a better feeling for, for, for a parent than to have their child sing a song out of love for them. What makes you feel most alive? Scenario, circumstance, environment. When does Mishal feel like the king of the hill? I wouldn't call it the king of the hill because I feel like that king would be lonely. I think the most alive I ever felt was when I was surrounded by people like me in front of them, mm. seeing that I'm not alone. That show, and every show since, this was like in real life for the first time, not through a phone. I can see. 4D. 4D. What? Or is it 3D? Whatever it is. Real life. Real life. Yeah. That they were there and they exist and they're real and they're here and I can see them. I'm mm. not alone. The hardest, look, I struggle a lot with depression and anxiety. Like what, to me personally, the hardest thing about that two things oh man, the hardest thing about that is feeling alone because you feel no matter what you're feeling you feel like no even now when i say this you keep going back to alone because look i'll, I'll tell you something when it i was, say tell me if someone watching if you're going to comment if you think about this if, if you agree well mm. when i just said that oh i struggle a lot with depression and anxiety okay a lot of people do but every single one of those at least me personally when i hear that when i hear someone saying that I don't feel like they're going through what I'm going through. I don't feel that. I don't feel that because it feels so specific and unique to you that you it makes you feel alone. It, it lies to you and tells you that you're alone and that you can. Why talk about it? No one's gonna. It's not like they're gonna fully understand. It's like you know they'll just and you're gonna be putting them down. Why are you gonna put them down? Be a burden. That's how I would feel. It's a lie. And you know what? destroys that lie seeing it in real life how this music brought us all together talking about those same feelings those same things it being so alone we're all singing together so lonely mr lonely we're all mr lonely 
and we're not anymore. You know, the song Time Goes By. There's a line in it that goes, what's it called? We're lonely, we're lonely. But you know how it's spelt? The first word is W E apostrophe R E. Where? We are. We are. We are. Now, the second one is just W E R E. Were. Were. Because it's were lonely. Wait a minute. Were? We were lonely. Yeah, past tense. Past tense. You change it. And that whole song also, time goes by. It's about it's about that fear, man. It's about getting over that fear. It's about talk. It, it's the, the chorus is a loop. Because the chorus, I wanted to show the kind of like how it's almost like a cycle, right? And a lot of my songs talk about the cycle. There's even a song called The Cycle. I'm, I, 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 you know how I talked about MF Doom? Yeah. And I'm a huge fan of him. I, so I was hugely inspired by him to create this own world in my music. And I think it just sort of happened naturally because I'm talking about my feelings. And that will show up in all my songs, which bridges them together in a way. Mm -hmm. Because it's not like I'm going, you know, think, oh, let me make a song about this. Or let me come up with an idea for a song. No. When the, when the, I'm not even writing the song myself. It's God. And then I just it just happens. So this world gets created. Time goes by too slowly. We only live so long. We're lonely. We're lonely. So yeah. we were hands up high. You know me. We won't be young for long for now and now only. So the beginning, that's the chorus, right? And it's a loop because for now and now only time goes by too slowly mm -hmm. because every year is faster than the year before. Every year. So true. So this year, right now, this moment, right now, is the slowest we're gonna. It's gonna be correct. This is the Until most. Until the next one. Yes, so. this is the bite that we can savor. Yeah. This is this, this is the this is the time to put your hands up and enjoy. We're not gonna be young for long. True. And every moment is for now and now only. And you know what's funny with social anxiety? If you have it too, like, it makes time go so slow, as if you're in an exam. It it becomes almost like torturous, and it's hilarious because you know. Time keeps going by fast and it's so scary. But then when you're doing the thing you don't want to be doing or you're in a situation that you're like, ah, it just slows down. But then you can make use of that. Yep. And that's the song. It's making use of that. It says, you know, maybe I'm the type that's getting lonely. Always saying no than feeling lonely. I would avoid these situations. I would be like, I would say no to them or I would mix up some excuse so that I don't have to go, you know, in things that are good for me, going, go work out, go to, uh, go to class, go, you know, go with your friends and stuff and like have fun. Yeah. Beneficial stuff. Beneficial stuff that I keep saying no to. And then I end up lonely and depressed and sad. I tend to overthink like a lot, man. And I just think, oh, what is this person thinking? And someone would look at me and I was, and I was like, assume in my head what they're thinking based on like a facial expression or something oh they don't like me oh, yeah. i don't know what it's horrible so you know what if i look right at you just ignore me mm. only see right after or before me there's a saying that when i came across it and like just took it in i was like if this is not a saying to live your life, then there is no saying after this. And it goes, if we knew how quickly the world 
forget the dead, we will never spend another second trying to impress people. I, how often do you hear, oh my God, has it been a year? I've heard it in my, since our uncle, has it been a year since our grandmother died? Has it really been two years? You forgot. How, how, how often did you think of that, that person? Yet we live our lives in a way where, what does this person think about me? What does that person think about me? Man, nobody alive right now knows what your great, great, great grandfather was like. Yeah. How about no one on the planet will be here in 120 years? No one. No one. That's nothing on 20 years. You've been around for 23 of them. Yeah. And when you're dead, it's not like you care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not like, it's not it, like, you know. It started well before you were here. It will continue well after you're out of here. Yeah. And and again, you There's know. There's freedom in that. Yeah. <laughs> so much freedom. It's liberating. That, yeah, man. We're all going to die. Yeah. Yeah. So live. Live. So live. You know, like. Publish that shit. I will. I will. <laughs> Man, you, you really gave me like you, you inspired me. I'm trying because because I, 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 cause I get because I care because it's really good and I I want to see you flourish. I'll post and that one first. I'll I, do Sabas first. Please. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Thank you. So that <laughs> means so much to me if you if you would even consider that. I want to see you flourish. I want you I want the world to see what our country is capable of. You are really gifted and talented and you are sitting on a gold mine that you don't want to share with the world. So if anything, it's kind of selfish of you. You created these inc this incredible content, yet for reasons that you still didn't tell me, you are choosing not to publish it. Fear. The same fear. The same fear and it's, it's paralyzing me and time is going by faster and every... You know something I think of as well? There are 800 songs, right? Imagine this, like, what, this is such a stupid fear, but it's a thought that comes in my head a lot. What if people don't like it anymore? But your foot is in the door. But, but hear me out. Okay, see how, but see, I, I know, would accept I that from someone who is, who is yet to publish anything. See, that is, uh, challenge me. No, you're right, man. That's the thing, you know, because I'm alone with these thoughts and they seem so I'm real. speaking to you like you're my brother. Haram. Your foot is already there. You've risen like you're there. I would accept that if you have nothing on YouTube or Instagram. Yeah. Mo, fear. You're right. Fear. No, it's a scary world. But you're there. You already put your stuff out there. What fear? Yeah. People so it kind of nullifies what you're saying. And forgive me for challenging you. No, no, you're right, man. And this is, you're not challenging me. You're challenging that voice in my head that's stopping me. Screw the voice in your head. As, as, the clip I showed you, Lena Hashim, the critical voice doesn't know whether it's going to be good or bad. And that song is good. Mm. Isn't fear like the it's only a thing? paralyzing poison. That's why I keep saying it, man. That's the way I thought. It's fear. Fear. It's a paralyzing poison. Mm. And fear, pain, they're so close. Yeah. They're so close. I'm scared of what? I'm scared of pain. But ironically, that pain allows me to create this music, this antidote for that pain for others. You're right. It's selfish. And it's stupid to think that it's even. Maybe you're satisfied with how much you have out there and you don't want to put more I'm out not, there. I'm not. I'm really not. I'm but it's trying not, to level with you. I'll tell you honestly, man. It's like. I'm just so. 
have such a like fluctuating self-esteem, man. Hmm. I, I, I honestly, I can get, I can get on board with that. Like I would listen to a song that I made, like Sabes, right? Yeah. Today, I like, uh, at first I was not a fan of that song. Really? At all. This final version that I heard? This is not a fan, this is version two. Because I was not a fan of it. This is not mixed. It's not. Okay. And how do you feel about it today? Is it complete? You know, it's not complete, but I liked it when I saw, I showed it to a friend of mine the day before. And I just, like, I, that changed my perspective on it. Seeing that, because look, I'm alone in my head. I'm alone in there. And, and these things that, that don't make any sense. They're like, you know, I don't have an outside voice to challenge that. And sometimes I don't feel like, like sometimes I'm tired. And I just believe what that voice tells me. And I think, yeah, the song's garbage. Hmm. <laughs> the song, what? It's only got like, it's got two chords. It's like a baby can make it. And literally the song is super simple. Like a baby can make it. But like... So I would just less is more. You told me less is more. You see, I know, I know it's wrong. I know these things are wrong. I know that. I know it, but I can't believe it because of that. That because of that voice in my head. Yeah. But what defeats that, I'm realizing, is putting it out there, and seeing the reality of it, the reality of when I go on stage and I see those faces singing back the words I wrote, or the reality when I would upload a song. And then see the stories of how people relate to it, their experience, their their reflection. That is a force against that voice. Just now, you challenged. You're saying you're challenging me. You're not challenging me at all. You're challenging my bully in my head that I'm alone with every night. He doesn't let me sleep. He doesn't let me eat until like as recent as yesterday night. Yes. Dude, I'm telling you, I'm struggling with this now. It's not like like all these 800 songs. This is now. This is it. We reach this number. What the hell, man? It's gone too far. And like now, 2023 is gonna be, you know, the year. And I'm terrified, dude. It was supposed to be this year, and I feel like I let everyone down because I said, oh yeah, by the end of this, they would keep asking the fans, like Packwoods, the song Packwoods. It's like three years old. It's my first song on Instagram. Like, it's not a release. It's only on Instagram. It's the first song that it, that it reached like over five hundred thousand views. Everything before that was like not even a hundred thousand, like just barely a hundred thousand. And then before that, like ten thousand. And then like you can see, you can see the progression on Instagram yeah. if you scroll. And that was the one, right? That like started, and then the ones after that like continued it. Yeah. But it was backwards. And I, I was supposed to release it this year. And I chickened out and I and I started procrastinating and I and I, I, I all these different excuses and like this so that I would just not do the thing that I'm scared of doing. 2023, it's coming out early. I'm shaking thinking about it. It's scary, man. And that's what holds me back. I'm not satisfied with it. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm not happy that I'm doing this. I feel guilty about it because and they keep asking for it. So I feel like it. You know, just holding it back. I feel like it, and it makes me 
hate myself, but you know what? I'm tired of hating myself. Yeah. I'm tired of letting this monster win. So stop being a dick and choose some of the songs that you love so much. And put them out. <laughs> put them out. Like, I will. <laughs> I will. Inshallah. As if as as a favor to the world. You know, Dude, we said it's that about that God time. will ask you one day, yeah, you know, man. what did you do with the talent I gave you? I believe that that conversation will be had for those who did not exercise the talents they were given. And you were given talents. Yes, okay, you but you 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 bettered your voice and you did all that, and okay. But God gave you voice. And I think one day when it's all said and done, he'll ask you about it, the way he'll ask me about whatever talent he gave me, the way he'll ask Michael Phelps about the talent that he did. Well, Michael Phelps gave him 23 medals. Yeah. So I think he's good. But I want you to, when you have that conversation with God, he's like, yes, thank you so much for using what I gave you. Yeah. And sharing it with the world. For not throwing it away. Yeah. And, and you, know you're, you have a foot in there already. You have yeah. content out there. That's the thing. It feels like I dipped my pool in the water, and I'm too scared to yeah. dive in. And you, you know, you know what, you know what I thought, and maybe what the the populace are thinking as well. Maybe use this as motivation. You ready? That's all he has. What's out there? Mm. How about that for motivation? <laughs> Little do they know. <laughs> I thought. I thought before this conversation. Yeah. I thought that's all you had. Mm. But now I know. But yeah. what about everyone? You know, out there, the Middle Beast people, you're going to be a Middle Beast in three weeks. Yeah. They probably think all your only music, like the moment you put a track together, you boom, publish it on YouTube. They don't know about the bank. Yeah, they don't. You know what's funny? This time in Middle Beast, I'm actually going to be playing songs from the bank, which is going to be something. <laughs> and they gave you a 45-minute slot? They gave slot. me a 45-minute slot, so there's a lot of songs that are going to be heard for the first time. <laughs> Let that be the, the turning point. They hear it. They like it, and then they can access it. Well, Lamishad, you do what you want at the end of the day. You know, you, you speak to your parents, and just me as a fan of you, I'd like to see more of you. Mm. I'm a fan, man. Thanks, man. <laughs> I am. I'm, Welcome I'm to not, the chicken gang. Yeah, I'm a chi chicken gang. There you know, you it's, it's, it's an interesting <laughs> name, but I'm, I'm, I'm part of it. Yeah. I'm not blowing smoke up, you know what, uh, I I, no, I am, you have a point. I I really you know I've built this podcast based on realism. My closest friends tell me, Mo, you're the same guy. You know when the cameras are rolling and the mics under your chin as you are in real life, and and I don't try to pretend that I'm not something, and I won't try to pretend that I like your music if I don't. I think it's really good, I and 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 I think the world would be happy with more of it. Why? Am, do I have all these demons that I'm? Why get why 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 not another person? Why put this on Mishal? Why put this on like the dude out of all the people that that could do this? Why put it to the person who's least likely mentally to be able to do this? You're gonna give him the gift? You're gonna him this guy out of all? The, there are so many people that are smarter, so determined, and this and what, and they're not depressed. They don't have uh, mental problems like me. They're not struggling with. Are you going to question God's choice? Astaghfirullah. I can't. We, we don't know. We just know what, what is here. He gave, right. he gave you the talent. Yeah. He, he, gave, he gave it to you with all your bells and whistles. It's uh, a lot of bells you know? and whistles. Who pushed you to eventually put it out there? Because I don't think it was something you would have done on your own. Was it, it wasn't. Pops? No, it wasn't. It was uh, actually... Baba was against it for the longest time. After the Middle Beast show... Him seeing how the crowd reacted and 
after that, Baba went. Now Baba is basically like uh, I have my manager Nathan, which was from um, like basically it was like out of luck that he ended up being my manager. This is when I was in New York, and now Baba and Nathan essentially work together, okay. and, and like it's he's been a huge help now like for my career. Obviously, he's, he's supporting me now for the first time after Middle Beast. So this project is like almost like a family project. Like my mom is working on the merch with me. Like she's designing the merch and stuff. We're using like tribal collections Love from it. like Saudi heritage and stuff. And she's an, an uh, she's an interior designer. So you have a full like I, I imagine you like as a Formula One car where you have the tired guy, the wing guy, the oil guy, the water guy, the windshield. That's guy, what it's becoming. The brakes guy, the aerodynamics. That's guy. what it's becoming. You know what my father tells me also about the, the releasing music and stuff, especially for this new music. It felt like for the last two years, you know, when I was you know paralyzed by this fear, right? But also the time wasn't right. I did not have this team. I was just a car with no wheels. How are you going to move? Everything I think happens for the right reason. This conversation, dude, I haven't posted on TikTok. It's still now, I'm still not posting like I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to be posting every day. I'm hardly hitting once every two, three weeks. Do I need to be on it? You should be on it. Okay. Good. You should definitely be on it. Well, continue. You're motivating me to do stuff that I thought I gave up on. Only to realize that I didn't. And that's... Dude, you're right. <laughs> Everything I I'm say, you're, you're so right. I speak to you like my younger Man, brother. Man, you're right. You're, you're, not, you're really saying it how it is. You're not, you're not going around the corner. You're not... Um... Man, and I needed to hear it, to be honest. Will you really consider it? I'm going to do it. Yeah? Yes, I'm going to do it. I was shitting bricks the first night I was about to publish episode one. What's really? the world going to think of me? First comment came. I'm like, oof, told my wife, what, what 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 does the first comment say? Oh my God, second one in. Oh my God, what did they say? What did they think? Oh my God, oh my God. Mm. And now, it was the best thing I've ever done, looking looking back. That's just two years. I'm still not, just new in this. And I'm nobody. But God, I feel so much more confident because I started. Yeah. And you started. Go the distance. That's the thing. <clears> I started then when COVID hit, I just stopped, man. Mm. For two years, just nothing. I only had six songs. Get on. back on the horse. I gotta get back on that damn horse. Tell me to wrap up. Five years from now, where do you where do you want to be? Forget about obstacles and critical voice and all that. Where does Mish want to be in five years from now? After this conversation, <laughs> all those songs, not the eight hundred, but the ones that the fans have waited yeah. for. Yeah. Cherry pick. I'll cherry pick. Mm. I want them to have that in their hands, in the palm of their hands. Everything I was too scared to hand over, I want five years from now for all of it to be handed over Good so that we can have the next come as it is, yeah. to come as I am. You know how Nirvana says, come as you are? Come as you are. That is where I want to see myself in yeah. five years. I want to be able to make art and just freely give it. Good man. Promise? Pinky. Bad. No. Ah, even better. Full on. Full on. You promise, yeah? I promise. Okay, Harry. Make it happen. I Nothing will. should stop. No, 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 I will, dude. I will. And listen, whenever you feel like, you know, you need a bit of words of encouragement, if, yeah. if you're not getting it from the people, and, and, I, and I trust... And I believe you will. But if ever you call me at any time and 
Some people say that I was a motivational speaker in, in another life. So I will give been. you all the motivation. <laughs> you must have been, man. Yeah, today. <laughs> I wish you all the luck and success. I do look at you as as a younger brother. I do. Uh, there, there, there's nice. something there. Uh, I I love the way that you go about your business, the courage you've had to put what you did out there. I love the fact that you are patriotic. You want to own the space that you're in. You performed in Middle Beast, which was huge, and you're gonna perform in three weeks. Sure. And and even coming on here and opening up and being so vulnerable, by the way, that's courage. That's courage, really. I don't think, I mean, I'll, I'll send you the first draft when, when we edit it now in the next hour or two. You opened up about a lot of things. That is very courageous. Yeah. You'll surprise yourself. So thank you. Thank you, man, for giving me that space and allowing me to freely be me. It's it's not it's not a common thing, so I really really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Habibi. My pleasure. Get it done. Do your thing. Come back when you're ready, and let's talk <laughs> about how it felt to. Because what is it? Life starts outside of your comfort zone. Something like that. Yeah, I think so. Life starts outside of your comfort, comfort zone. zone. Yeah, time to get out of that comfort zone. And there's another uh, there's another saying. Um, the two most what is it? Um, something along the lines of 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 comfort kills, but yeah, I need the the worst thing you can get used to. Or one of the most addictive or worst things you can get used to is is comfort, um, because the more you get it, I think it's the two most addictive things. The two most addicting things in the world is comfort, heroin and comfort, something like that. Because the more you get it, the more you want it. Yeah, you want that comfort. You and want to be shielded. There's a comfort sadness too. You know where the best comfort is? Achievement, achieving feeling that you have accomplished something that is comfort i i, I don't the I don't some of the I've best nights i've slept is 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 after the days where i feel like i've accomplished the most mm -hmm. really like and and a couple episodes here that i've shot that made me sleep so well that night well done mo it wasn't easy you were shaking like a leaf you were sweating you were preparing you did all that but I felt untouchable and various other parts of my life. The harder you work, the more you push, the more you get out of your comfort zone, the better you feel about yourself. When you do everything that you say that you're going to do about publishing, going where you didn't want to go, that in and of itself is going to give you courage to do more. If I get you on, inshallah, in, in, in X amount of time, so you can tell us how the journey has been uh, since this conversation. Best of luck. And we'll be rooting for you, Habibi. Thank you all. All the best, Mish. Thanks.